Hi, friend. Welcome to Open at the Top. I'm your host, Melanie McCulley. I believe that regardless of what your past looks like, we each have the opportunity to begin again in every moment. I've learned that when we choose love first, the possibilities waiting on the other side of our fear are infinite. Each week, I'll share my own wild and unedited stories of what radical change and transformation can look like, along with having the raw, deeper conversations with inspirational, game-changing guests. My intention is to inspire you and guide you into your next phase of becoming the unique, beautiful version of you that you were always meant to be, and to lovingly remind you that we each have the power to turn our pain into a purpose-driven life filled with joy and meaning. That unfolding journey begins now. All it takes is the willingness to remain open at the top. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to Open at the Top. This is episode six. Thank you for joining me once again. And I'm sorry there was a little lull between five and this one. I had a lot going on. It was my 44th birthday. I had family come in town, not only from Florida, but from Seattle. And uh, I got a little off track for a week. So I'm back and I'm so happy to be here with you. The title for this week is called 80 Grit. And this one was a little bit more difficult than I would have expected to share because this was a nickname that was given to me when I was in my 20s. And I never liked it because I didn't like what it meant. But I also realized as I went along in my life why that name was given to me. And um, I've had some really profound experiences around that uh, since then on my journey and how it has made beautiful sense at the time, what was really going on, and how I moved through that and where I am now. So I'll go into what 80 grit means. If any of you know anything about sandpaper, 80 grit is a pretty rough, uh, rigid sandpaper. And so unfortunately, I was deemed 80 grit at around the age of 21 or 22 when I had a little bit of a shift and I moved into a place of rigidity and uh, I was in a lot of pain and the way that it manifested from me was a form of protection in that form of being rigid and uh, cold, uh, seemingly emotionless and things like that. And uh, that stuck with me for quite some time. And so this really started this mask of protection, we'll call it 80 grit. Uh, when I was around 21, 22, after my big, my biggest heartbreak uh, breakup from the guy I was dating who was a baseball player. And I really had thought that that was going to be my life and he was who I was going to be with and it didn't work out. And I was absolutely heartbroken. And from there, moving back home to Florida and starting over again, I had a lot of hopelessness and a lot of pain and I questioned everything and I moved into... Uh, different types of lifestyle habits at that time where I was also having to dance again to support myself. I was doing nails and I was also getting back into drugs and things like that. A lot of really wonderful things were happening in my life at the same time, don't get me wrong, but there was an underlying current happening too where I did not have the tools in order to support myself and move through all of these layers and layers and layers of 
woundedness that I had within me and I didn't know what to do with it. So it came off as appearing rigid and bitter and cold and mean-spirited and cutthroat. Uh, my nickname used to be the man-eater, not proud of that, that um, I was like too cool, you know, and really something had changed in me and I was holding on to so much pain and resentments. I felt so alone and frankly, I was angry. I was angry and I didn't know what to do with all of that. I'd also really moved into a period where I was really starting to change my appearance. At the age of uh, 22, I had had uh, my boobs done and I had liposuction and I had my lips done. And that really wasn't the normal thing then. Uh, now it's pretty mainstream for girls to be doing that around that age. But at that time, it really wasn't. Uh, I just wanted to be someone other than who I was. And I was willing to do anything to create this persona that appeared strong and independent and like a big fuck you to everybody. And that really was just a form of absolute protection. I always had my makeup done. I always had my hair done. I always had an outfit on. I really tried to be this like sex symbol overly. And it was really just survival mode. And I can say all of that clearly now, but it took me a really long time to be able to explain that and to make sense of that and what was really going on. And really the truth behind all those appearances, because the truth is that I wasn't really any of those things. That was the mask I was wearing. Really, I was scared. I was terribly insecure. I felt like I wasn't deserving of love. I felt like I, I had to work really hard or earn it. Uh, I definitely had issues from leaving home so young at 15 and then, you know, all the experiences I went through with drug addiction and rehab and then dancing and just, I had all these mixed up emotions and then coming out of this relationship for three years with the, who I thought was the love of my life. And then just feeling like, I don't know who I am or who I have to prove to love me, to accept me. And I just felt really alone and lost. And I never felt like I was enough for anyone. So I created this persona. And I remember um, back then I used to get Playboy simply because I thought Pamela Anderson and Carmen Electra were two of the hottest women on the planet. And I can't remember which one of them said this, but there was an article that was in one of their magazines. And she said, I believe it was Carmen Electra saying that the most overdone, hottest girl in the room that seems to have all the confidence and is running the show is typically the most scared and secure girl in the room. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but that was typically, that was pretty much what she said. And it hit me like a ton of bricks because I was like, oh, that can't be me. I'm not insecure. I'm not scared. But really I was. And that always kind of stuck with me because I always used to try to make myself feel like I was untouchable. And it was so no one could hurt me so that no one could get close enough to me to really know that I was hurting in the way that I was. So that was really a time in my life. This was all throughout my 20s, really. It wasn't until my late 20s when I started getting sober for real and working with a sponsor was when I started having some aha moments and awakenings about myself and having to swallow some big chunks about myself overall and take radical responsibility for the choices I've made and who I had shown up as and how I wanted to show up moving forward as the woman I was trying to become. And I have to say this, you know, we're not wrong to feel distress or heartache 
it's part of being human. You know, we're all highly intuitive beings who can sense when things are out of alignment and not only going on within us, but also in our surroundings. And there were things going on within me and in my surroundings that I knew were off, that I knew didn't feel good, that I knew weren't working, but I didn't know what to do with that. When we have those feelings of being scared and insecure and not feeling like we're worthy or not enough or of grief or heartache, you know, this is our body signaling us that something's amiss. And if we become aware enough, we can begin to use our hopelessness and our sadness, our grief and our fear as a call to not keep recycling these ongoing feelings, but to instead learn to go within ourselves and begin to deepen our connection with our true nature. And our true nature is love, is loving. And I speak with that because I'll I'll speak more about how I got through that, but I was really stuck in that for so long. And this is really how we take our despair and our pain and we learn to become an alchemist with, with it. We can, we can learn how to transform it. We can learn ways to restore balance and harmony in the most painful places within us. It's absolutely possible. And I've learned to walk towards those aches and painful places that I've held on to for so long. And I began to unveil and invite the immense healing power of my heart. I had to learn a lot of tools in order to do this work. And it's taken time and I still do the work. You know, I have found the support that I needed in those times to help lead me in the direction of finally beginning to heal my woundedness. There's that quote by Rumi that I love so much. It's also on my website. You know, the wound is where the light enters you. And it's such a powerful statement because many of us, me included, I'll speak for myself, I ran from the painful parts of me because I was afraid to go there. I was afraid to feel it. I was afraid what would happen to me if I went to that space. But what I began to realize and what I know now is those parts of us are parts of us and they also deserve to be loved and seen and recognized so that they can give us the message that we need in order to soften them and move on, move forward. So I got to a point in my mid-20s where I began to refuse to stay paralyzed with my pain with all my fears, with all my limiting beliefs about myself and also mostly about the world around me. I was absolutely a victim. I was a victim of everything. It was everyone else's fault of why this was this way and why this was this way. I I didn't know how to take responsibility for any of it. I had never been taught that. I didn't even know what that meant, you know? So I was essentially being called with all those feelings and with all of that rising up I was being called to rise in a way to take radical care of my heart and finally start to begin to heal because it takes so much more energy and so much more work to be unhappy and to be rigid and to be unkind and to be cutthroat than it is just to be loving. And it's such a beautiful realization that we can each have for ourselves. You know, and the pain and the seeming 80 grit persona that I'd unconsciously created of who I was as a person essentially became an invitation for me to learn how to love myself more deeply than I'd ever experienced or known before. And frankly, I don't even know what it meant when someone says, well, you need to love yourself. It meant nothing to me. I didn't even know what that meant to love myself. 
And we all have the capabilities to heal ourselves from the inside out. We're that powerful. With just an ounce of willingness, we all have that powerful capability to allow all those walls that we've created for ourselves, seeming protection, to finally begin to fall away and begin to receive some grace and some ease and some joy, and some freedom, some emotional freedom, freedom from the bondage of ourself, of our past. And what I needed in discovering, what I, what I finally got in discovering myself is that I'm, I wasn't any of those ways that I thought myself to be, which was a really beautiful exhale for me in a way to know that I wasn't mean, I wasn't unkind. I wasn't emotionless. I remember there was a long period of time where I didn't cry. I wouldn't allow myself to cry. And it was all a mask of protection. I remember when I started really breaking down those walls, the amount of tears that flowed from me were unreal. It was like a release of energy, a release of pent up energy that needed to be let go of, of my sweet little heart that had been holding on. And really the whole time I was safe, I just hadn't had the support yet. So those rigid protective walls that I had built for myself, they obviously stopped working because I was wearing out groups of friends. I'd moved to Seattle. My drug addiction was hardcore. I felt like I was hiding it pretty well. I did what they call in the 12 steps is I did a geographical change. And I moved from Florida all the way to Seattle, 3,000 miles away, and felt like everything would be different. But wherever you go, there you are waiting for you. And in no time at all, this is when I was 25, I believe, uh, you know, I just started using the same and found a new group of friends that I could live in that lifestyle with. And that ran itself out as well. And I was given an ultimatum by my wonderful boyfriend at the time, who's still one of my closest and dearest friends, uh, either to move out or to get sober. And because of my experiences when I was younger in drug treatment, I knew where to go and I knew what to do. I knew to go to the rooms of AA and to find a sponsor. And I did. And so I want to go into a little bit of the ways that I began to unmask myself and gently break down the walls of all the seeming protection that I thought that I needed, that I had created all, over all these years. So this is when I was about 25. I got sober. I found a sponsor right away and I immediately started working the steps. This sponsor was so amazing for me. I love her. She's also still one of my friends to this day. And I will never forget what she said to me when we started working together. And she said that I had a matching handbag to go with my addiction because... Now I'm living in Seattle, very, very different uh, than Florida, obviously. And same thing, wherever I went, I had full face of makeup, hair, earrings, high heels, the purse, everything. Like I was so used to hiding everything. If it looked good on the outside, then you wouldn't know that I'm absolutely falling apart on the inside. And when she said that to me, it was a shock to the system because like it was almost like, oh, how dare you say that about me? But really, she was right. And I began to notice how I had been hiding for so long. And really, I wasn't hiding anymore, not to those around me, because it had become very apparent that I was in a lot of pain and I was in trouble. Through me working the steps, which 
I did rigorously and honestly and openly. And like I've said in a past uh, episode, I really feel that the 12 steps can be applied to anything in anyone's life. You don't have to have an addiction or a problem per se. They're just these really beautiful guidelines of, of living and of life. And it, it changed me. And I started learning a new way of understanding a higher power, which I call God or spirit or love or beauty. I needed that. I needed to lean on something, and I didn't really know what that was at the time. The word God still freaked me out. But I was, I, was, I was open to just knowing that there was something greater than me that had my back. So that was a big shift for me. I also started taking an inventory of my life, and I started making amends, which was a blow to the ego, but it needed to happen because it made me wildly aware of where I needed to take radical responsibility for my life. I also started learning how to forgive myself and others. And that has been an ongoing practice that I continue to do work around with forgiveness. It is the most freeing thing that you can ever gift yourself with is doing forgiveness work. I also started helping others and being of service, getting outside of myself. Instead of obsessing about what's going on with me and my head, what my problems are, to ask someone else if they need help. How are you? How can I show up for you? And obviously when you are in a 12 step program, my sponsor had me doing all kinds of service work because she knew she had a handful on her hands. And those service positions and everything that I was doing was a lifesaver. I was working in treatment centers for women and I was making coffee and I was showing up for you know, new, new girls coming in. And I eventually became a sponsor myself to help other people through that process. And it was just profound for me because whenever you're working with someone else, you're really essentially getting so much more in return. What we put out, we give, we get back. And that was something that I really learned at that time in my life too. Also around the age of like 26 to 30, um, I had had experiences with a lot of natural healing and alternative medicine when I was younger, which I will talk about next week. But really around that time when I was sober and really changing my life, I started doing a lot of work with natural healers, acupuncturists, naturopathy, homeopathy, somatic resourcing, mediums, psychics. I was just so open, ready, willing, available to discover more about everything. I knew that there was more. And now that my head was clear and not clouded with drugs and alcohol, I was able to begin to know that I'd been missing out on so much going on around me. And so I became wildly curious about who I really was and why I'm here, why are we all here, and why I'm still here after I should have died at the age of 17. And so I really started exploring my own spirituality. I'm not talking about religion. Religion is something that is man-made. Spirituality is something about our own spirit within us. And it's a very personal and sweet and gentle journey of discovering who we are. And so this was a huge time of awakening for me. I started reading anything I could get my hands on. I started journaling, you know, writing in the morning. I started reading something inspirational when I would get up in the morning. I started filling my mind and heart with new ideas about life, new perspectives, other people's ideas. Just, I was hungry. And once I moved to LA at 30, that was when I was 
working with a sponsor there at the time, and she was the one who led me to Agape. And finding Agape and starting to work with a spiritual practitioner myself that I've spoken about and really starting to take classes and learning how to meditate and really just diving right in to just becoming a perpetual student was a game changer for me. And and as all of this is happening, layers and layers and layers, slowly and gracefully, they're, they're shedding. And my heart is opening. I'm becoming more vulnerable. I'm becoming softer. I am learning how to express myself and speak from my heart and to realize what is important and what isn't. I was learning how to connect to myself, to my higher self through meditation and visioning. And I began leading a women's meditation group from my home once a month for, I think it was six or seven years. I I felt this like pull to be a leader. And I really went in head first now on my practitioner path to taking classes, all the while just doing this immense inner work around all of my woundedness, around all of those places and spaces within me that needed so much love and kindness and gentleness for so long. And it took time and I still work on it. You know, it never really goes away. It just lessens the blow when it comes up again because you have a new way of being with it. You have a new gentler way of looking at it. It doesn't have to snag you. It doesn't have to take you down once you begin to really do the work around it. And then really becoming a spiritual practitioner myself I really learned and know the truth with a capital T about myself and about everyone else. I can hold that truth of wholeness. I can hold that truth of knowing that we are each born worthy. I can know and hold the truth for myself and for you, knowing that we are the spiritual idea of perfection, regardless of what it looks like on the outside. And so being a spiritual practitioner that works with others as a counselor I'm also first and foremost, my own client first. I'm always doing the work for myself first, because if I haven't done the work for myself and within myself, how can I truly show up and be that place for someone else? And so that is something that I am continuously doing. I'm continuously taking classes. I help facilitate classes, which I love being on that other side, helping teach and watching people have these awakenings where I I can think about like, wow, I used to be her or him. And I'm watching them have this profound shift of realizing how beautiful and loved they've always been. And watching someone wake up and begin to heal is one of the biggest gifts I have ever been able to experience. And that is why I'm led to continue to do what I do with my with my counseling practice is to help others facilitate change within themselves, to help support them, you, on your journey, in your process of becoming. And this just came to mind, but I have to share this really funny little story. When I graduated, I had a fellow... Uh, student that I was in class with. His name is Willard. He's awesome. He gave me for graduation this card and inside the card was a piece of sandpaper with the, you know, that you can buy at Home Depot. And it had the, you know, the the actual wrapping still on it. And it was super, super fine. It was like the finest piece of, smoothest piece of sandpaper he could find. And he basically wrote on it, I'll never look at sandpaper the same. You've come so far. 
I've loved watching you soften and grow. And oh, it makes me a little choked up even talking about it. But to go from that place where I was so rigid and had these hard edges and to, and to do the work and to move into a place where someone can see and recognize the change. Because sometimes we do the work and we're going through the change. We don't feel like a lot has happened. But to have someone see that and recognize that for you is such a beautiful thing. And to even feel that loving well of emotion come up in your heart, to have your heart feel full. That right there is proof that, that those walls, those rigid walls have broken away. I don't need them anymore. I love her, that prior version of me, that sweet 20-something-year-old girl that, that was just the way she knew at the time. That's all she knew. And she did the best she could. And she was surviving. But I greet her with so much care now, thanking her for getting me through that time, but to also know that now it doesn't have to look like that. And what comes to mind right now is a song that I was helping facilitate uh, from Agape, The Answer Is You class, where Reverend Susie Lula facilitates it. And she had the class uh, watch and listen to this really beautiful song called Rolling River God. It's profound and it's perfect for what I want to share with you right now. And really the analogy of the song is like, picture God as the river. And I, I'll speak from the eye, I am a really rough, tattered stone that gets thrown into the river. And I'm not really sure I want to be there. When I close my eyes, I can feel God, the river, rushing by me and taking care of me. And the quote from the song says, time brings change and change takes time. I know what I used to be. Now you might pick me up and now notice that I'm just a little smoother. And that whole idea of allowing yourself to take the time to facilitate a shift or a change within yourself from old ways of believing, old ways of doing, old ways of being, that it's possible for those incremental, those the small incremental shifts, those small little shift by shift changes that happen lead up to the big ones, right? And so if it's possible for me, it's possible for you. And it's such a beautiful awareness to now know the truth that's been revealed about me. And I want to state a couple of things that I know now, limiting beliefs that I used to have was I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. No one, you know, understands me, you know, those kind of things. Those are limiting beliefs, but there's a, there's a great power in our words and Whatever comes after the words I am is something that you are claiming for yourself. You are owning it. So I'm going to go down a little list of some powerful truth statements that I have come to know and realize about myself. And if it feels good for you, then you can adopt those for yourself too. So the truth that's been revealed about me and through me is that I am loving. I am open and I am receptive to new ways of being. I am worthy of love and I have always been worthy. I am so lovable. 
I am always supported. I am deserving of love without having to force it. And I have so much love to give. I have a kind and gentle heart. I have a soft and forgiving heart. I do have deep emotions and it's okay to show them. I am capable of doing, having, and being whatever I desire. I know that the answers are always within me. I am pure light. I am here on purpose and with a grand purpose. And I am always perfecting my loving. So I hope some of those land softly with you. What I'd like to do right now is to lead you through a brief guided meditation. It'll only be a couple minutes long. So if you're driving, please don't close your eyes. It'll just be a a few minutes. I, I led this last week when I was asked to speak as a guest for the Freedom Path Ministry and to tell my story. And uh, right before I went on, I sat in meditation for a few moments and this meditation came up for me. And I did it in in the group that I was speaking in and I wanna share it with you because it really is so powerful. And so I just invite you now to close your eyes wherever you are and just to begin to Take a few conscious and deliberate breaths. And to just breathe deeply through your body. Just to feel the breath move through your entire body. And loosening up any areas in your body where you're feeling tension. Or if that you're holding on to anything. Just for right now, just for these next few moments, we get to place it on the altar and just let it be for right now. I invite you to bring a smile to your face. When we smile, it releases tonic chemicals throughout our whole body. And so I invite you right now to open your heart and to be willing to feel what you call unconditional love throughout your whole body, in every system. Maybe you think of a parent or a pet or a child or a certain smell at a family dinner or just something, a cozy blanket on a holiday morning, whatever it is, like just allow yourself to feel love all throughout your body and to feel the sensations. And as you begin to open and soften your heart, I now invite you to, in your mind's eye, begin to create a beautiful, safe, magical space that you would like to be in right now. For some, it might be by a lake. For some, it might be by the mountains. For some, it might be in a forest, by a beach, in a park. Just see yourself there. Picture it. What does it look like? What's around you? What does it smell like? Can you feel the breeze when it hits your skin? Just be there. It is your safe and beautiful place. And just reside there for a moment. 
Now I want you to, while you're in this beautiful space that you have created, this beautiful place, begin to picture in your mind's eye a prior version of yourself who is needing and deserving of love. And just see her or him or they and welcome them over to you and hold their hand, grab their hand. See their face, smiling back at you. You smile at them, assure them that they are safe. Assure them that you've got them. Assure them that all is well and begin to walk together and to take in this beautiful, beautiful surrounding that you've created for you both. And as you're walking together hand in hand, you begin to notice ahead of you that there is this bright beaming light. You can't quite make out what it is, but it's literally calling to you. It's almost pulling you towards it. It's this beautiful glowing light. And so you and this beautiful prior version of yourself your sweet self, begin to walk towards this beautiful beaming light. And as you begin to walk closer and closer, you begin to see that there's an outline of a person there. And it feels so good as you get closer. You can just feel it, feel it in your bones. You can feel it. You just have this vibration of anticipation and joy. You both walking towards this being. And as you get closer, you notice that this being holds out both hands. And as you get even closer, you recognize who this is. This beautiful being standing in front of you both is you. It is the highest version of you. Any idea, any desire, any dream, It's you at your highest potential. Pure perfection, pure freedom, pure love, pure joy. Anything that you've ever dreamed of, imagined, thought of being, it is all standing in front of you, beaming light back at you. And so you both grab her or his or their hand. And you just stand there together knowing that it is all part of the whole. That there is nothing but love here. That there is confirmation. That all is well. That everything is necessary and has been on purpose. And we have just begun to scratch the surface of your potential. And so you lean over and you kindly look at this prior version of yourself and just thank her or him or they. Thank you, thank you for everything that you've done for me, all the lessons. And you say thank you to your higher self for showing you what is absolutely possible. And so with that, I allow you to resonate in that space just for a few moments. In whatever way you choose to create the exit, 
is up to you. This is your beautiful safe space. Just know that it is always there and available for you to go to, to visit, to revisit, to be with other prior versions of yourself, to visit your higher self, to ask questions, to get answers. And to know that you are so loved and supported always and in all ways. And that right where you are right now, love is. And so I invite you just to take another breath. Perhaps begin to wiggle your fingers, your toes. Move your shoulders around. Come back into your body in the present moment right here. And whenever you're comfortable, you can open your eyes. So I thank you for going through that guided meditation practice. I hope that it served you. I call it being with all the beautiful versions of you. And I also invite you to continue to be aware of what comes through from that. And I thank you for allowing me to speak about this time and part of my life because I feel that it is essential for others to know that when you see other people who seemingly are grounded and seemingly have it all together, man, we're all human beings. We are beautiful spiritual beings having a human experience. And so it is only normal for us to be human and to go through some tough stuff. But it's always possible to shift and to grow and to change and to be lovingly supported through that. And so I'm going to end with that. I thank you for choosing to spend your time here with me. I look forward to being with you again. Sending you so much love. Bye for now, my friend. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Open at the Top. If you totally dug what you heard today and you found it to be valuable, please share this with a friend. And of course, if you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions for me or comments, any topic ideas, or if you might even want to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly at melaniemcculley.com. And please don't forget to connect with me on social media. It's at Melanie McCulley on both Instagram and Facebook. Until next time.